It's like a rodeo in here. It was wild. <laughs> All right, guys. So obviously, I'm not Alan Kirchen. I, um, I'm taller than him, I reckon, by an inch. <laughs> and way younger. So um, you got me today. Um, yeah. I reckon I'll just crack this off with a bit of prayer. I think that'll help me a lot. So... Um, Heavenly Father, God, um, Lord, we just want to surrender our hearts right now, Father, and, and hear what it is you have to say this morning. God, I pray that as I, as I speak these words, God, that you'll breathe on them and bring life to them, Father, that people will hear and, and take hold of this stuff, God, and, and that we'll be able to use it in our own lives and, and really start to walk in fellowship with you, Father. I just thank you for being with us this morning. I pray that you just rest in this place with us, God, and, and continue to minister this morning. I just love you and uh, yeah, commit all this to you. Amen. Okay, so welcome to the before life. Ruth warned me not to do that. She's like, <laughs> I had a bad joke. But um, I think we can all agree that the afterlife is where it's really happening. That's the party. So um, for me personally... Uh, having all the distractions and busyness of what we face day to day down here, without a connection to heaven, um, I just wouldn't be able to survive, and I don't think you guys would either. It's it's having that connection with God that um, just holds us up when times get tough, gives us hope, and gives us someone we can reach out to who we know isn't just someone has power to affect our world. So um, having and exploring this connection to my Father in heaven has been the thing that has stitched my earthly being to my Father's heart. And today, that's where I want to touch on, just how through our worship we can experience Jesus face to face and um, yeah, really start to feel his heart cry through worship. Um, so obviously, we do live in a physical dimension, but we also coexist with a uh, spiritual realm. It's going on all around us all the time. Um, I was reading this cool story in Kings this week where um, Elisha's in... in camp or whatever and all this army comes and surrounds his village and uh, his servant comes up to him in a bit of a spaz and rightfully so because they're surrounded and uh, but Elijah he's just got this faith and he says God open his eyes to see and when God opens the servant's eyes he looks out on the hills and just sees um, horses and chariots and just fully protected by God and um, you know that's an awesome sort of an example but we get this too it's happening all around us when we're at work or at school or you know, wherever it is, even here in church, you know, God's got his angels around each one of us because he cares and he wants to protect us. So um, just hang on to that. And I want to say it because it's so important for us in our own lives to realize that we have access to stuff far beyond this physical dimension. Um, and I hope what I share today might show us how this access to heaven can make our worship and our view on how God sees us shape how we can come alive in worship and with our relationship with God when we grab this tangible stuff. I forgot to staple my paper, so <laughs> whoops. Um, I may as well start this thing off with a, uh, a dash of plagiarism. There's no better way to start. Um, this is a quote from Bill Johnson, and he says, We were designed to be people of ever-increasing breakthrough, not classroom Christians. So I'll just read it again. We were designed to be people of ever-increasing breakthrough, not classroom Christians. Um, I don't know about you, but... I'm going to get it wrong most of the time walking through this earth and um, stumble up quite a bit and wanting to be better, but it's just hard to do as, as humans. And um, what I do want to do is I want to give God every single opportunity I can for him to impact my life and, and to grow me and, and take me further into what he sees me as because he sees us far beyond what we see ourselves. And, um, yeah, I just want to experience as much of him as I can this side of heaven because, like Al says, we don't, we don't get long. Um, 
So I never want to sound like I'm trying to box God into the way he's going to meet anyone in worship or do anything. We all know he's, uh, he's a sovereign God and sometimes we don't even ask him, we don't even tell him how you know, God comes. He just does it because that's God. He, um, he's generous, he loves to give. And uh, um, All I want to do this morning is look at some ways that the Bible directs us and uh, particularly this morning for us in worship and uh, that can be together or in your own personal time. So um, if you've got a Bible in the holster, I'll get you to take it out and just have a look up at Colossians 3 verse 1. Wow, that's fast. He's like Neo from the Matrix. Um, so he says, I might have a different version, but similar thing. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. <clears throat> so basically here, we've got we're raised with Christ. So when we accept Jesus as, as our saviour, we actually share in his resurrection into heaven. You know, we become heavenly beings, not no longer bound to earth. We're part of that resurrection. Um, uh, the next part of the verse, he says, set your hearts on the things above and set your minds on things above. So basically when we talk worship, we think minds will um, want to get our mind out of the fact that, you know, we have the jobs and the, the day-to-day stuff. And when we come into worship, set our minds on, on God in that time. Um, and the hearts is basically the same thing, having our heart all towards God in that, in that moment and, and looking to glorify and exalt him for who he is. Um, there's a movie um, I've watched a fair bit, and I'm not proud of it, but it's called City of Angels. It's got uh, Nicolas Cage. That, that was my crazy eyes. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, he's a crazy man. But um, I'm not endorsing the movie. I'm not saying it's accurate or anything, but... Um, He's this angel and he's hanging out in LA or whatever, sitting on billboards. It's pretty awesome scenery. But he's down on earth doing, I suppose, the Lord's work. <laughs> bit of Nicholas Cage's work, bit of God's work. But the basic principle is he's, a, he's an angel. He's down on earth doing things. And then he meets Meg Ryan, so he surrenders. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? It's Meg Ryan. Um, yeah, and he decides to give up all his angelness. And all he's having, yeah, it's terrible. He gives up his ability to be an angel to become a man, uh, so that he can be with Meg Ryan. And um, we've kind of got the flip side of that. We're already human, and we're given everything we can to get to be heavenly. And um, that's what we get when we accept Jesus into our life as our Lord and Savior. We become heavenly. We we do the a reverse Nick Cage, and um, we get uncaged. <laughs> I didn't even write that that's from watching too much Saturday Night Live. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get uncaged. <laughs> um, I've lost my place now, but we, we get this, yeah, the good thing for us is we get the best of both worlds. We're, we're now heavenly beings, but we do get, like Alan keeps talking about, that crack over in the wall. Our life's that whole wall uh, with eternity. It's longer. It's never ending. Um, but we get this crack in the wall time, and even after um, we get saved and become heavenly, we're still on earth for this tiniest tiniest amount of time to do god's work and to to bring more of his children back to him and and share what we've been given with other people so um i love the fact that we've become heavenly it's like we're made royal and adopted by the king um i think it's awesome how when you look in the bible and and at god he's got this whole royalness just surrounding him He, he is a king he has a kingdom he has a throne room he sits on a throne and um even for us, when we become Christians, when we accept God, um, he says our bodies become temples of the Holy Spirit. So we start to share in that, that royalty of his. And um, 
When we look at ourselves worshipping with our hearts set on heaven, our mindset and our hearts on heaven, and we see ourselves as heavenly too, all of us who are entrusted carriers of this temple of the Holy Spirit, we're dwelling in his throne room. You know, we're exalting him on his throne in that time. Uh, this is the same Jesus we hear about who uh, carried the cross on his back and had his heart beating out of his chest as he carried it up that hill. You know, he died for us. He loves us so much. Now he's enthroned and he's got all the power and all the glory and uh, we get to come into worship and, and exalt that and, and be part of that in that royalness. Um, yeah. That's what I've got there. So uh, in Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, To enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So again, there's that royalness in there. We, we enter his gates and his courts. He has this kingdom in heaven and he brings it to earth for us to share in. Um, so yeah, we, set, we make ourselves God-centered and set our things on him. When we worship and play our music in church, um, what we're actually we're trying to create a space to host God's presence. We're not just trying to create a nice mood. We all know we've heard all this, but I just want it to really set in that, you know, we're not doing this for any other reason than to host God's presence. And that's basically Jesus Himself. It's not. It's if I was outside talking to the cars right now, my presence wouldn't be in here with you guys. And when we use big words like God's presence, it's just simply Him being in here face to face with us during our worship. And uh, that's why we, we try and play the best music we can and, and create that place for him. Um, and, and when we're in worship, we, we request of him, we say things like, open up the heavens, pour out your spirit, fill this place. These are all things that are requests to him to come and join us in that time. Um, we're asking him to dwell with us so that we can encounter his presence and show him how much we love him. Um, yeah, God is so tangible through worship. It's not just songs. He's really there to grab hold of and, and be with. Um, the most exhilarating moments I reckon I've had in my life, um, don't slap me, Ruth, <laughs> but I'm going to say it's in worship. Um, yeah, I, I can't even, you know, when God touches you and meets you, you can't even express, you can't comprehend the feeling. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've encountered him singing in my car or lying out on the lawn. It doesn't seem to matter. He, he doesn't care. He brings that throne room to where you are because he wants to be with you. And um, when he meets us, I don't know, I, the best I can describe it is this sense that we're actually whole. All the brokenness we carry as human beings is gone because he sees us as perfect and we're whole in his presence and, and completely loved too. I think, you know, I've got the best wife I could ever ask for and I know this, but... You know, I could never be completely loved by Ruth. Uh, she'll give me everything she has, but what God and what Jesus does, and this is why he's so beautiful, when we're in that presence with him, he's completely loving us. It's a love so unfathomable. It's complete and whole. And when we feel it, I don't even think we know what to do with it. It's just so much that it buckles our knees. And like Andrew this morning, it's, it grabs a hold of you in a way you can't comprehend. And that's, that's what I want to feel every time I meet with God. Um, yeah, we're truly his loved ones, and uh, when his perfect love is revealed in our lives, man, there's no stopping. You've got to keep chasing that. Um, I'd like to take a squeeze at two things that have a, an important impact on our worship. Am I going too quick? Am I setting a good pace? Okay. Um, so um, I want to look at relationship and fellowship. So I've stole these from the dictionary, a bit of plagiarism again. Um, I didn't know how to define them. Relationship. <laughs> the way in which two or more things are connected. So our relationship with Jesus is pivotal. Like we're always telling new Christians or even reminding ourselves, you know, you've got to have a relationship. You can know him, but you want a relationship, so it's you and him. 
Um, but we don't want to just settle on relationship either. Um, I know for me, most of my relationships, I can get pretty lazy and I might go six weeks without picking up a phone and ringing someone. I'm still in relationship with them, but it doesn't always produce good fruit. I think what Jesus is calling us to is fellowship. He wants us, I'll, I'll describe that one too, it's a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. And even in that description, you're meeting with the person to pursue. So you you're not just having a relationship, you're meeting them in that time. If you make it fellowship, you're pursuing them and you're pursuing a shared interest, something you're both invested in. So fellowship is constant, it's getting together. We want fellowship with Jesus to be our daily bread. Um, in a worship context, we want to make sure we don't get all the interests and all the needs to our side heavy. You know, I think, I'm not bagging this at all, so hear my heart in it, but I think in worship sometimes we're like, God, pour out, God, give me, God, heal me. You know, it's all for us. I think um, there's nothing wrong with it, and we, we actually have to make a place for that because, like I said before, God is generous and he's giving and he wants to give to his children. But my point is, I think he loves it when we give back to, and um, that's when the relationship and fellowship start working in harmony. Uh, so through our worship, we start aiming our heart's desire towards him. We start to glorify him and exalt him. All the praise goes upwards to him. Um, I know for me, when God loves on me and meets me, if I was to picture my heart as like a cup getting filled up with water or something, it literally takes like one drop of his love and it's overflowed. It's, it's just too much to handle and um, it just feels like it's going to burst. And even the other day I was sitting out on the lawn at home and I just said, oh God, you know, just come... I'm going to sit here for a bit, come and be with me. And I sound like a crazy man, but um, I'm sure we've all experienced stuff like this. Uh, I was sitting down and had my eyes closed. The next thing, I just smelt this like aroma. And it, it was probably a manure down in the paddock. But, but to me, it was like old time. It was like Jesus' robe. I felt like he was next to me. And I was, it was like God was showing me this whole other side. And that's that romantic side of God. He wants to you know, show us all the different aspects of his love and, and let us get a taste of all these different you know, mysteries he has that we can't even grab hold of. So I'm going to claim it was him because I felt it. <laughs> you might think I'm a bit nuts. Um, I think our Heavenly Father is very similar to us. We know we're made for him, and we know it says we're made like him in his image. So I reckon that alone means he probably feels things pretty similar to us, maybe just magnified. But I reckon when we worship him, and we all give, we give him all of our love, imagine like this room now, you've got 50, 60 hearts, all at the one time, all pushing out onto him. Uh, he's just going to get bombarded with love in that time. And um, I think that's when that we, we say, you know, Lord... We exalt you. We go, it all comes back at us. When we pour out to him, his heart overflows as well. And then it comes back at us. It's like the flash flood effect. It's like he gets so much love, his heart bursts, and that's when it comes back onto us. Um, the most beautiful thing about our God is that, you know, we can have the 50 or 60 here, whatever it is, but God always shows up for the one too. That one broken heart that just cries out and says, I need to know you or I need you. He shows up for that one person just the same. Man, what a beautiful God. Um, yeah, I've shared my testimony with you guys a fair bit, but I'll just touch on it a little bit because I just want to say God waits on our hearts with expectation. Um, I didn't know God till I was um, a desperate 19-year-old fool. And um, I remember the night I cried out to him, I just said, God, I just, if, if you're real, I need to know you. And um, just that one little heart cry, just one little person, 
you know, he heard it and he came in a heartbeat. And I often, I sort of picture it in the spiritual. I remember I don't, we were in an old farmhouse and I was out on a veranda and it was a long hallway and um, I watched too many scary movies growing up so I always had too many, yeah, <laughs> I had too many nightmares of things coming in that room. But I, I always pictured it, you know, Jesus getting up off his throne, getting his sword out and just taking down demons to get to my room because he needed to save me. And, um, you know, that fills my heart and to know that's how much he loves me. Um, and I think if just one desperate cry from me moved his heart, then I want my life now and my worship now to ravish his heart. I want it to grab hold and just captivate him when I worship because, you know, if that one little cry of desperation did it, Imagine what just glorifying and exalting does to him, that pour out and that overflow that we, we want. Uh, we need to raise up as lovers and worshippers of God, understanding that when we worship him with all our hearts, in spirit and in truth, we actually answer Jesus' heart cry to us. Um, I'm just going to get Matthew 6 up there. Um, so this is, this is what Jesus asked. This was his request. Again, mine's a bit different. I don't know how you get this one different, but... It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus' prayer was and is for heaven to meet earth. When we worship, he wants heaven to come down and be with us so he can be with us. Um, in heaven, they're worshipping Jesus all the time. That's what they're doing. Um, that's what he wants here. He wants heaven with us so we can be fully immersed in his love and be in his presence and experience his glory, transform our hearts and be with us face to face. Um, I don't want to settle for less than he's offering us. All this stuff we're talking about, uh, there's nothing else that fills that desire and nothing that fills that void like Jesus. You can chase anything in the world. Eventually it dies out or doesn't fulfill, but Jesus' love always fulfills. That's why we do this. That's why we worship him. Um, I want to pursue him and be excited and in awe every time I come to meet him. How many times in the Bible would crowds gather and um, the majority would miss his point, but the ones that were closest to his heart would hear exactly what he was trying to tell them. That's what we want to be. We want to be so close to his heart that when we worship, we hear these things. Um, I don't know for me, sometimes, not here, don't judge me, <laughs> maybe, but I'll be worshipping and you know, you'll think of something totally left field, like a, a bill or whatever, and you think, holy moly, sorry God, but... Again, if you're in touch with God, if you're close to his heart, maybe he's telling you, you remember that bill? You know, you've got to hear, hear the little things he's telling you. <laughs> I hope that's accurate. I'll get a slap around the chops if it's not, but that won't be for ages when I get to heaven. Um, yeah, so we want to be face-to-face with him in worship. Jesus' request is to have his home with us. He seeks worshippers who want to live in answer to this prayer. In Psalm 22, verse 3, you don't have to go there, but it says that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. So this is where he chooses to be. He's God. He could be anywhere. He chooses to be enthroned around his people, around us. Um, So when we come together to sing and exalt him, we're creating a space for his throne to rest with us. And all of heaven joins us. You know, your Davids, your Pauls, all these people that we've read about in these awesome books, they're down on their knees worshipping. And when we worship him, we join with them. We join with the angels. It's you know, this is now, this is real, this isn't fairy tale stuff, this is stuff we can have today, like right now, we can want to join with these guys and worship you, God. You know, it's all so, so tangible. Um, this has gone really fast, so <laughs> early lunch today, but uh, I might just get the band up. I'd love to respond to this and just give us a chance just to, to spend time with him. Um, 
here. Jesus desires humanity's love. In Song of Solomon, it says, with one glimpse of our eye, his heart is ravished. You know, he so desires our, our love and our attention. Um, when we worship here on earth, like in heaven, all our gaze, all our heart is all magnifying towards Jesus on his throne. He will rest his throne room amongst us. We're closest to his heart to draw in his splendor and awe, and from this become greater witnesses of who he is to others. We receive the overflow of his living waters when we bow at his feet. Can I grab my phone, Ruth? I left it in the hands of evil with no one. <laughs> not that's Ruth, that's no <laughs> Beg my pardon, I'm sorry. Um yeah, so Jesus' in, in, intention is to have his home with us. He loves us with all he has, and he gave all he had to get this chance to be with us. Let's choose to seek to glorify him and be with him and exalt him on the throne of our worship. Um, we're going to sing holy ground together because that's what we stand on in this place when we're in his presence. This ground becomes holy. We are holy beings. We carry the, the Holy Spirit in us. We're more than just humans with jobs where we're his children we're prized and we're we're royal to him um, i just want to close by reading um revelation 5 and i don't know to me this verse just encapsulates heavenly worship and uh and actually who we're surrendering to in worship so uh, hopefully it'll speak to you it spoke to me i'll read it then, then i saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy, worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out onto all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven, everything on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power for ever and ever. The four living creatures said Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Wow, I don't know, for me, that's just incredible. That's the God we worship. You know, He has all power over everything. He's above all else. And right now we get the chance to, to have Him in our midst, that very God. So let's just worship together.